Welcome to Life in Accounting, the Where Accountants Go podcast. Life in Accounting is the podcast for everyday heroes like you working in the accounting profession. Are you ready to hear from accounting influencers, thought leaders, visionaries, and other professionals leading change in the accounting world? Then stay tuned for Mark Goldman, a CPA, the owner of Where Accountants Go, and your host. Welcome to Life in Accounting. Well, welcome to another episode of Life in Accounting, the Where Accountants Go podcast. This episode is a little different for a few reasons. First of all, I have two guests this time, Brian Morgan Jr. and Sarah Vargas. And secondly, Brian and Sarah are earlier on in their careers. I met Brian and Sarah through involvement with the Alpha chapter at UTSA in San Antonio, and then got to know them much better through their volunteer work at the San Antonio CPA Society as well. They helped the society put together and improve many programs at the student level. And I think this is a great story of how no matter where you are in your career, you really can make a difference if if you're willing to serve. Brian and Sarah have had a wonderful start to their own careers now. They're both working at national accounting firms and they just have a lot to share with all of us. And so I hope you hope you find this very beneficial and enjoyable. And if you happen to be involved at a CPA society in another city, they share some of the blueprints for some of the activities that they helped us get started. And I think that could be very beneficial as well. If you'd like to contact them later, please email us at whereaccountsgo.com and we'd be happy to get you in touch with them. Here you go. Enjoy. Well, for this episode of Life in Accounting, the Where Accountants Go podcast, I actually have two guests, Sarah Vargas and Brian Morgan Jr., both of which I met through volunteer work, actually when we were all volunteering for the CPA Society in San Antonio. Hey, I appreciate you both joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, Mark. Glad to be able to contribute. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. This is this is the first for me. I haven't had two guests on at once, so I, I really appreciate you being my guinea pigs, so to speak, on this. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly, you know, I was really wanting to talk to you both, and at the same time, because you were both so integral in getting the mentor program started at CPA Society, but I think you both have great stories of how it's possible to finish out college studies, get your career started real strong, and and at the same time, make time to make a difference in the community. And and I'm sure there's much more that you've done than, than I'm aware of, and I'm hoping to get into that story as well. And obviously the mentor program. But if you don't mind, I think it'd be good for the listeners before we get into that, if you don't mind telling us a little bit about what you're doing now and how you got into your current position. So everybody has sort of a a better sense of where you are now. Sarah, do do you want to start? Sure. Well, right now I am at Deloitte, one of the big four for accounting. I work in the audit services, um, specifically in financial services. So I work a lot of uh, on hedge funding, insurance, banking, that type of line work. And 
I actually interned at Deloitte in 2014. I did an internship with the firm, and I really enjoyed it, and I liked it a lot. So when it was time for me to sign my offer letter, uh, there were some personal commitments that I had to that I had to fulfill. So I was unable to take the offer at that point. However, it worked out really well a year after when I was finally able to move to Houston and take that offer. And they welcomed me back with open arms. So I'm very happy and excited to be back. Wow, that worked out really well for you. Yes. Brian, what are you up to? Me, currently, I'm in PwC in Austin. Interesting, I didn't know Sarah was in financial services. I'm also in financial services, but I'm on the tax side, uh, doing state and local tax. So I work on a lot, of the sim- a lot of similar clients, asset management, private equity, things like that. Similar thing, I, I was actually fortunate enough to do four internships during my time in school. So I got to try a broad mix of large company, small company, small public, large public firms. So it was a good mix. Ended up landing at PwC. Actually just started in July. So with my first busy season, it's pretty fun. You know, it had, it up, <laughs> had, had its ups and downs, definitely. Overall, I, I think a lot of the uh, fears, you know, some students have about the horror stories. I mean, they're, they're just that. They're, they're horror stories. I mean, you have your, your busy days. But for the most part, it's, it's very, very manageable. You just have to go in with the expectation knowing some of the students I was talking to at a career fair a few weeks ago, I told them, it's like finals week. You know finals week, you're going to be busy, kind of just the nature of the beast. So if you approach busy season with the same mindset, it's not that bad. <laughs> so it's been, like it's, a, a it's, been, it's been a fun three months here, and I'm looking forward to more. That's good. That's good. Did you intern at PwC as well? or I did. No, I did intern in the Austin office in the winter slash spring of 2015, got an offer to come back. I went back to school, finished out my graduate degree, managed to sit for and pass the CPA exam during that time, and then started full-time in July. I actually recently actually was fully licensed, got my CPA certification at the end of September. So it was a nice kind of end of busy season present to myself. Congratulations. Thank you. That's actually, that's actually really what he just said. It's really smart to try to get your CPA out of the way before you start working because I took the other route where I did not take my CPA right away. So I am right now trying to finish all of my – I have my hour requirements, but I have not done all of the exams. So he did it the smart way, I feel like. So that's really good. I'm definitely going to put that in the podcast notes. Pass early. Get started early. That's very smart. Yes. Congratulations, Brian. That is wonderful. Thank you. That is. That is. Well, I'm not sure that where to start on the mentor program because I, I know it was a success and I got to see it from the outside, but I know I have no idea of all the work that you guys and and really even the larger team that I'm not aware of put into this. So how did that come into being? Yeah, sure. So basically, it was when me and Sarah were kind of leading up the student auxiliary, and we were trying to think of ways not only to get students involved, but also to benefit students more. Unfortunately, the biggest benefit of being involved in the networking, a lot of students don't see the value in that right away. They, they feel it's something that pays off long term. They, they feel it's not something that pays off immediately. 
So we were kind of brainstorming back and forth. And I think it was Sarah that had the idea to try to catch students in community college. Both of us, we, we went, started community college here in San Antonio. And so we know it's kind of a different beast from starting and having to transfer kind of at that halfway point versus the students that have been at a major university the whole time. And so they have that they've been spending, you know, the first two years getting exposed to all kinds of programs and just general knowledge that you don't get at a community college. So that's why we decided to focus on those students, the ones that, that needed the help the most, having known what it was like to go through that. Really smart. Sarah, what do you feel went particularly well with the program? What are you guys proud of? I feel like our team was really strong. Brian and I were able to coordinate our schedules and everything that was going on around us because we were, I believe I was in graduate school and I was getting ready to graduate and he was taking the CPA at that time and also taking a full load of classes. So I feel like as a team, we worked out very well. Also, we have the full support of the San Antonio CPA Society, which it was great because if we were trying to do this program, it was our actually our like our baby. It was that we were like new parents. We we weren't sure where to start, and we we didn't really know what the commitment was gonna be. And the San Antonio CPA Society was was really good at giving us the support we needed, uh, the tools that we needed, and the professionals that we needed to be able to ask questions and network with the people that we needed to network with. And also, Brian has exceptional organizational skills. <laughs> so it was, Thank you. It was, yeah, it was really good whenever, if I was getting behind on something, you know, letting Brian know, and Brian will figure it out and send me a chart and say, hey, this is how you can do it a little bit better, and it will completely work which I was very appreciative of all his Excel sheets that he will send me. So that actually helped so much. I really like that he was very organized and motivating. You know, like sometimes I was busy and he will pick it up. Sometimes he will say, hey, Sarah, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit busy this couple of weeks. Can you pick up the work? And it was just a good mix and balance between us. And I feel like that made the, the whole program very successful. One of the thoughts I had in doing this podcast on this particular topic is that I'm anticipating people from other chapters can listen to it who may have heard about the mentor program but not really know what it is and, and get a little bit of a review, you know, and sort of figure out if it's something that they want to pursue or or what have you. How, how did it work exactly? So you were working with community college students, but what, what did you do with them? Basically, what we would do is the first thing we had to do was put together an outline. So we got a couple of student leaders from UTSA that me and Sarah both knew. And we all met up and those were kind of, that was our kind of our first class of mentors. And we asked them, okay, if you were going to have a mentor, if you're going to be in a mentorship program, what are some guidelines? What are the expectations of the mentor, of the mentee, the professors? That I think is definitely something very critical is you have to get the professors involved. I know in some cases we went to some professors and we asked them, you know, can you, again, going back to how students don't see the benefit of something early on, we knew we had to go to the professors and be like, hey, can you help us out? Can you, can you dangle a carrot for some of your students? <laughs> you know, give them extra credit, something, something to entice them to at least step their foot in the door. Once they're in, they'll start to see the value of it, and we can go from there. But that was, I think, the biggest thing is getting, getting the word out to the students, getting them involved. So 
we actually went and met. Fortunately, the Alamo colleges were having a, I guess, kind of college district-wide accounting meeting as it happens. So Larry Rosenbaum, who's the kind of the de facto department chair, if you will, for the Alamo College system for their accounting program, we had reached out to him and he said, hey, yeah, you know, come to this meeting. Most of our accounting professors are going to be here. And so that's how we kind of start things off as we went to the professors and said, hey, here's our outline. Here's our plans. We have mentors ready to go. Can we come into your classrooms and talk to students and kind of drum up support and interest for this program? So I think at first it was because of everyone's busy schedules. It was mostly just me and Sarah going out to the different colleges as we got more mentors, we were able to have them go and continue to drum support. But I think overall, it was it was really the support of the professors. I believe, uh, and Sarah can help me out of this, there was a professor at Northwest Beast. There was two of them. One was Sally first, and the other professor, I forget her name. But I think between those two, we probably had about 25 students between those two professors alone that uh, were part of the program. Thanks to that Thanks to that professor really, you know, putting her foot down and letting those students know this is going to have a huge, huge, huge benefit for you down the road. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. So after you you talked to the students, was it primarily to introduce them to professors at the four-year university or or how the system works or was there an employer aspect to it or how how did that work exactly? Well, basically, whenever we started the program, we thought about all of these questions, right? Why are we doing it? What do the college students get out of it? And what was it that we wanted to know before going to UTSA? So Brian and I, we both went to the community colleges, to the Alamo system, and we figured out, we, we were exchanging, exchanging stories about our first day, first day at UTSA, and we realized that whenever we went to UTSA, we were not ready for UTSA. Not okay. academically. We were ready academically. We, we knew what classes we were taking and we knew how to study and all of that was fine. However, we didn't really know what accounting was. We didn't know there was a public track, an industry track. We didn't know there was advisory and audit. Basically, our first career fair, I think, I know my experience and I know for what Brian has told me, was kind of like a shock because we felt like we weren't ready. For it, the questions that they were asking us, we were, we were so new, we were intimidated by the whole thing, so we didn't want other students to be in the same situation. So for the community college students, we wanted to expose them to what a CPA was, what accounting was, what other opportunities were there in accounting besides tax, because that's what everybody thinks. They only think, oh, I'm going to do taxes. I'm going to be an accountant and I'm going to do taxes. So whenever we started working with these students, the students started to realize, hey, I can work at this company and not necessarily do tax or audit, or I can go into public accounting, or I can do industry. So they started understanding all the opportunities out there for them. There were a few students that were IT, and they didn't know that they could combine the IT aspect with the accounting aspect. So... They were very interested in that area, that analytics and, you know, all of this cybersecurity that is going on. And they asked us all the time, so I can do this in an accounting firm? I didn't even know that was an option or a possibility. So it was just kind of opening their eyes to what they could do to get the job that they wanted. Also to expose the CPA 
And we also wanted to make sure that they knew that even if they chose to go into public accounting, there were other possibilities out there for them to experiment with. For example, most of the people do internships in accounting, in public accounting, and not so much on the industry side. And then they realized I wasn't made for public accounting. I was made for working industry. That's what I like the most. So we will expose them to all of those. We would expose them to internship opportunities, to seminars, to I believe the AICPA has a lot of minority seminars as well as just leadership training that community college are not aware of. We will also try to let them know about upcoming events at the San Antonio CPA Society and scholarship opportunities that they could take advantage of. So we were kind of like a stop for all of your questions prior to going to a four-year college. Our goal was to open their eyes to what is there and not wait until you're at UTSA and feel like I am so behind or I'm so off track then now I have to catch up to be where I want to be. That makes a lot of sense. You're, you're giving them a sense of comfort and actually the sense of possibility, what's, what's really you know, possible through studying accounting. That's really smart. And real quick, just to kind of add a little bit to what Sarah said, first off, she mentioned the, some of the programs AICPA has. Uh, I believe, uh, Sarah, one of your mentees actually got selected for that program, correct? That's correct. One of my... Over at Mentees, her name is Tiani, so hopefully she's listening to the podcast because I make sure I touch base with her often and make sure that she's still on track for accounting. But she got selected to go into the seminars, and I believe it was in Georgia where she ended up going. And it is very fulfilling to have somebody that you've mentored come back to you and say, hey, I got accepted to this seminar and or this program, and I really enjoy it, and this is truly what I want to be. And my plan not only includes finishing community college, but going to a four-year university and obtaining a CPA. That is very rewarding because we need a lot of accountants. The accounting field is so big. I feel like everybody should try to go for that CPA, regardless of where you want to go, public or industry. And that by itself, I feel like I actually accomplished something in somebody's life. Not just telling them, oh, I did this and you should do it too, but she actually got to experience that firsthand. And it was thanks to the San Antonio CPA Society and the mentorship program. Just to kind of cap off the discussion regarding as far as, you know, the benefits and the whys of the mentorship program. When I was doing my internship here at PwC, one of the seniors, you know, towards the end of the internship, he pulled me aside and, you know, he was telling me, you know, how great a job I was doing and whatnot. But he said the best advice that he had ever been given that he gave to me is you need to realize that you don't know what you don't know. And basically the gist of that is if you don't know what's out there, you don't know what's right and what's wrong. So that's what we try to do with the mentorship program. So like Sarah was saying earlier, how we shared our kind of our horror story starting off at UTSA, my very first corporate interview, and it was actually my second interview ever because I'd held the same job since high school up until this point, was at Valero. And I didn't have a suit. I didn't have dress shoes. My resume was not flushed out at all, like basically what you would expect of a high schooler, essentially. And so, you know, I'm in this huge corporation, all these people going around dressed real nice, and I'm there in like slacks, a button-up, short sleeve shirt, 
and some old Nikes because I didn't have any dress shoes. And I said, okay, well, I'll go with some black shoes at least. So total train wreck. I wasn't prepared at all for the interview, but it was a learning experience. It was knowing kind of where you have to start learning. You have to ask questions. Okay, I don't know what's out there, but if I start asking questions in that direction, hopefully I can start to learn what it is I don't know, so that way I know it for the future. And that's what we try to do with the mentorship program. It's just because so many of those students, they, don't, they didn't know that all these different possibilities were out there. So we wanted to communicate to them, you can do this, you can do this, you can do that. So they can start asking the questions. Well, what do I need to do to do that? How long does it take me to get to do this? So th- those are the big things that we really wanted to focus on. That's wonderful. I have to tell you, I was out at St. Phillips recently. It was for their accounting advisory board. I was talking to one of the professors, and so we were talking about what I do for a living, and she had a few questions there. And it was just sort of you know regular, small, professional chit-chat until I said, I was past president of the San Antonio CPA Society, and she says, oh, you guys are the ones with the mentor program. That's awesome. <laughs> and she went on and on about how, how it was beneficial. So I, I said, well, I know the people responsible for that. I, <laughs> you guys did a great job. Great job. Thank you. Thank you. Before we move on to another topic, I guess, is there anything else you think that it would be important for another chapter to know if they wanted to put something like that together? I think it's important to have a strong base. Like, I know Brian, obviously from UTSA. I knew him in passing before we worked together. But I feel like you have to have people that are really committed because you're going to get a lot of pushback from a lot of people that might not be able to see your vision or what it is that you're trying to do. But... You definitely have to have a strong base. And I feel like Brian and I complemented each other. And my weaknesses became his strengths. His weaknesses were my strengths. So we were very strong. Also, you have to have a lot of support, which we were fortunate to have the San Antonio CPA Society helping us. And Amanda did a great job with coordinating with us, making sure that everything went as planned. So we had that amazing support there. And also don't be afraid to research a little bit and be told no, because I know Brian and I went to the Alamo colleges and asked professors, hey, can we speak in your class? And some of them will say, yes, go ahead, come in and talk to them about accounting. But some of them will say, no, I really don't understand what this program is. And I don't feel like my students will benefit. So we got both of them. But you can't be afraid of a person saying no to you because it's going to happen. And the only thing you can do is continue pushing forward. And as they see other people and other professors getting involved, they're going to start participating as well. I agree with that 100%. The strong base, like just having those committed people, that's definitely a must. For all the reasons Sarah mentioned, definitely, you know, the the pushback, the kind of, you know, I don't see the benefit in this. And then just kind of the, especially for us, you know, the very first semester we kicked it off, just like how much the workload scales so quickly. I know like the first few weeks after the program had officially started and we had been out to some few classrooms, we only had like, I think, five or six mentees and 12 mentors just kind of sitting around waiting for their students. 
Now, we, we expected, I mean, if we had 10 mentees total, that would have been a, a huge success, being that this was, you know, the first time we had this program. One week, I think we heard back from Northwest Vista, and all of a sudden, 15 more students joined on. And so we were like, oh, no, what do we do? You know, all of a sudden, you know, we have, I think at that point, both Sarah and I each had, like, had to take on three mentees apiece just because we weren't prepared for the sudden influx of students who want to be part of the program. So that's, that's the biggest thing is just having people, you know, luckily, like Sarah was saying, you know, both me and her were compliment, were complimentary to each other to make sure things got done. And that's, that's the foundation for any, that'll be any successful program is making sure the people that you have are both dedicated and able to pick up the slack whenever they need to. Uh, if people find it that quickly, it was obviously a, a service that was needed for a long time, you know, and, and needed really badly. So thank, thank you. Thank you again. Well, I, I wanted to move on a little bit to, to your own start to your careers. And one of the things that you both mentioned is a successful internship and how's that, how that has led you into what you're doing now. Do you have any advice on how to make the most out of an internship? Any thoughts on why your internships went well, what you did well, or what you could have done better, for that matter? I guess I'll start. <laughs> but I really loved my time at Deloitte. When I got there, I was very nervous. I saw how competitive it was. And I think that one of the things you should have when going into an internship is confidence. You should believe in yourself. If you made it that far, it's because somebody saw something in you that felt like you you had any that it was going to bring value to their company. So I think whenever you go to an internship, you number one have to be confident on yourself, on your skills, and also have a humble attitude. So have a you know just because you know you can do the job, it doesn't mean your attitude should not be humble because you have so much to learn. Once you get into that first engagement, you realize you really don't know anything. It's, you have to learn everything from scratch. So I think my internship went well because I was willing to learn. I had a positive attitude. I just took criticism in and made it where, you know, I wanted to be criticized. I, I want you to tell me what I'm doing wrong so I can do it better and I can become better at my job. So a lot of people take criticism very personal. And it's not a personal thing. They're just letting you know the things that you can improve on. And if you take the attitude where you don't want to hear the wrong things that you did, it's not going to work out well. And you're going to end up not getting an offer. So number one, be confident. Number two, keep your attitude in check at all times. And number three, just have a positive attitude, be willing to learn and ask for that criticism because that is what is going to make you better at what you're doing. That's beautiful. Yeah, I, for what it's worth, I don't know if you've heard this podcast yet, but it was it was one of our, our recent releases. Bobby Rios, who's the CFO for Bartlett Cock in San Antonio, is a huge general contractor. I asked him about what he thought led to the success in his career. And he paused a minute and he said, you know, I, I think just confidence and and my own abilities. And, and he's not an egotistical individual. He's actually very humble, but just believing in yourself. So I, I hear exactly what you're saying, Sarah. That makes a lot of sense. That was an 
awesome answer by Sarah. I hate to put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything no, to add? <laughs> no, but so definitely confidence. I know one thing, I'm, I'm learning this especially now after the internship and more into the full-time aspect, but still definitely applicable to the internship is confidence really is key. Even, even if you give a wrong answer, if you're confident in your conclusion, if you can go up to a senior or manager and say, this is what I think it is and this is why. Even if you're completely wrong, just them seeing that, hey, you actually thought it through that this is what I think. Here's evidence to back up my reasoning. If you can answer with that, that strong of a conviction about things, it'll carry you a long way. And another thing is ask questions. That's the biggest thing. I know I'm, I'm pretty notorious around the office for wanting to do the mechanics of things. I'm very, okay, this is what we're doing. This is what we did last year. What made, what's causing the change and what's the impact for the clients? I'm very, very bad about asking, you know, the why. So why is this like that? You know, why does it change? Why are we not changing it? And that's something I definitely recommend is, is ask lots of questions. If, there's, if you're doing work and you don't know why you're doing it, you need to ask. There you go. If, you're, if you turn in some work, you get it back with some review comments, and there's two or three comments that you don't know why it's a comment. Like, you know, if it says, oh, change this to this, and you don't know why, ask. Ask why. Because the more questions you ask, the more you're going to learn. And hopefully, you know, whoever you're working with is open to have you asking all those questions. I know I've worked with a few people that are more, hey, let's stay in the here and now. And some of these more... You know, I'm not, you don't need an answer right now. Questions, these can wait. But I know me, I'm, I'm very, like, I'm, I'm very bad about, I see this now. It's at the forefront of my mind. If at all possible, I want an answer now. Some people aren't always open to that. So you'll just have to get a, a feel for those people, you know, who they are and how they best like to communicate and kind of share things. But definitely confidence is a big one. Ask lots of questions. And then, just be open to saying yes. I mean, if you're given an opportunity to try something, if it sounds like you're not going to be able to do it, it's going to be hard, it's going to be time-consuming, do it because that's how you're going to grow as a person. I know during my internship, I was actually very fortunate that, you know, I'd been living in San Antonio my whole life. I was in a new city. I was by myself, and I said, you know, I'm ready to devote 100% of my time up here to learning everything. And so they threw everything they could at me during my internship. I think it was 10 weeks. And during that short amount of time, I got to do federal tax, state tax. I got to do some international tax. I got to do some transfer pricing. I even got to do research to help out on a client proposal. So by both asking questions and being open to more opportunities, I was able to learn so much more than I would have if I just kind of stayed par for the course and just went along with the flow of things. Okay. Did you both get your internships through the traditional method of interviewing through the school or did you, you know, end up with those in, in some other way? Okay, for my experience it was through the school and it was kinda of like a weird timing because the Lloyd doesn't recruit from UTSA at all. And for some reason they decided to recruit a UTSA that year in the following year, and then they stopped recruiting after that. <laughs> I'm not sure why, but I was lucky enough to be able to go through the regular interview process at the school, so I was, I was very 
fortunate. Okay. Okay. And Brian, you had several, you had quite a variety of internships. How, how did you end up with those opportunities? My first internship, actually, I actually started it when I was transferring from Northwest Vista. It was the summer from when I transferred from Northwest Vista to UTSA. It was a local construction company looking for an intern. And basically, they're like, we you know, really, they wanted someone. They were looking for someone full-time with a degree is what, is what was optimal for them. But in kind of talking, I was like, well, you know, I'm looking at something long-term. I'm planning to get my master's, get my CPA. And so they were willing to say, well, you know, obviously, you have a goal in mind. You have a good head on your shoulders. And, you know, we'll work with that. So I was there part-time. I think I ended up being there almost a year and a half. After that, went through campus recruiting, did a local internship with uh, Sol Schwartz, the local CPA firm in San Antonio. Did that, had a lot of fun there. So my last summer uh, working at the construction company, which was summer 2014, out of the blue, I got a call from PwC. And just like Deloitte, historically, PwC never really interviewed at UTSA. They didn't really have any presence there. And so they called me up. It, it was a recruiter, and she said, you know, hi, you know, my name's so-and-so out of the Houston office. We got your resume from one of your professors at UTSA, and we'd like to know if you'd be interested in interviewing for a position. So at the time, I said, yeah, you know, yeah, sure, definitely. I didn't know a whole lot about PwC because, again, they didn't really have a presence on campus. And so she asked me, you know, what city I wanted, and I thought about it. I've always really, I really tried, when I was going through the interview process, I always wanted to try to stay close to San Antonio. That's where most of my extended family is at. And so I said, well, we'll kind of go for the long shot. And I said, I want Austin. Of course, Austin has UT, you know, and they have, I don't even know how many thousands of accounting students there. So it's, it's a very hard city to get into. But I went up over the summer, interviewed, got the job offer that same day, interned and never looked back. So that. I was definitely, go. yeah, it, it was great. That was very, I was very fortunate with that, that there was one of my professors was looking out for me, forwarded on my resume, because obviously I had no contacts at all with PwC. And so just out of the blues, I, I was like, you know, hey, is, is the prank call? Is someone messing with me? But no, it, it, it went great. And, you know, I haven't looked back since. You know, you both mentioned on-campus and professors and that kind of thing, and I know you both were active in Alpha, and as much contact as I've had with Alpha at UTSA, I'd, I'd be remiss. If I wasn't mentioning them as well, they're, they're some of the sharpest students in town. How do you feel your involvement with Alpha benefited you? So Alpha is an amazing organization. I actually joined Alpha after I did my internship with Deloitte. I had meant to do more with them, but I was committed to another organization to get off a side. So I kept hearing about Alpha and Alpha and all of these students from Alpha. So I decided to go and kind of go to a few of their meetings. And I think I became more involved as a professional. So after I graduated, because that was one of my last semesters at UTSA, I wanted to do more with Alpha. and. I helped UCSA. I was a professional liaison for the Alpha case competition this year that happened in Westlake here in Texas. So I got to know the professor really well. I already knew the students from working with them through the mentorship program. And, of course, I have been a member 
for about a semester or so. And I feel like they added, even me not being a student anymore, but now I was a professional and I was a professional liaison to them. I think they, they added that sense of volunteering and giving your time and mentoring others because my job was basically to mentor them through the whole case and take them to competition. Kind of like waiting to see how they do, how they compete against other universities. And they did very well. They competed against Notre Dame, UT Austin, A&M, all very big schools. And it kind of put in perspective why it is that you volunteer. It's not only that you're helping somebody else, but it helps you kind of put everything in perspective, what your goals are, what you should be doing, how you can give back. So as a result of this, I actually ended up joining the Alpha professional organization here in Houston. So they have meetings constantly. They have seminars for professionals. And I feel like I was actually the one that benefited the most as a professional by getting to know the students and Dr. Sanders, who is a wonderful professor at UTSA who, who heads the organization there. So I feel very, actually, very blessed that I was able to contribute something to UTSA, and I think they gave back to me more than I did to them. Wow. Yes, I, I, I didn't realize. They, they, what's the right way to say that? I know they placed in the competition. Yes, huh? they got second place. The judges told us it was very close, very, very close. They said it was like one minor thing that it made wow. a difference. And so I was I was very proud of those students. They did amazing and they showed me what hard work and determination. Sometimes you be, become a professional and then you you concentrate so much on working, you kinda lose perspective of, you know, kinda like going back to the basics. Whenever I started training them for competition, you know, I, I saw them I had to like understand where they were coming from. Like, they're, they're not professional, so they're not getting paid to do this, to get to train to do this. So kind of going back to the basics, what encourages you, what motivates you as a, as a student, as a future professional in accounting? So that whole idea of going back to the very basics and motivating the team, it was very inspirational because it kind of put into perspective the fact that I hadn't yet had finished my CPA exam kind of motivated me to kind of pick that back up and just get it done once and for all and, you know, putting in the extra hours and the hard work just like they did. So, you know, I was there to guide them and it became that they were guiding me as well. So it, it was a very rewarding experience. Yeah, sometimes the teacher is the one that learns the most. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so now, Brian, you were president of that chapter, correct? I was not. I was I was an officer and I did get I was asked by quite a few people to to run for president, but um it was kind of a it was an interesting learning experience by declining that just because I knew going into that semester I was going to be leaving for my internship at PwC I was starting my first semester of grad school I knew I just didn't have the time required to be able to commit to that position, but I was the director of programs and events. And that was hugely, hugely rewarding because I was able to both benefit myself professionally while benefiting other students. So basically what 
my responsibility was was to organize office tours, on-campus speaking presentations with professionals, networking events, basically getting getting students and getting employers and getting them in the same location. However, I had to do that. And okay. so it was very rewarding, a little stressful at times, kind of reaching out to certain people and saying, hi, you know, my name is Brian. I'm a student at UTSA. Would you be able to come out and speak to the student group, you know, three Fridays from now? And the one thing I will never forget, and it was interesting, actually talking to Amanda at the CPA Society, I'd asked her if she knew anyone over at Frost Bank, you know, because we were trying to get an office tour over at Frost. A lot of the students had been requesting it. So she says, oh, well, Carol Severin, she's a member. Here's her contact info. Why don't you give her a call? Well, at the time, I had no idea who Carol was. So I thought, okay, you know, Amanda gave me her, her direct number. You know, I'm thinking maybe she's like a, a, a supervisor or a manager or something. Sure. I did not. <laughs> so I call and I go straight to her and, I, and I'm talking to her, telling her about who I am, about the organization, what we're looking for. I said, oh, yeah, you know, great. You know, I'll pass you, you know, I'll have my um, assistant send you an email and we can work out the logistics and looking forward to see your group. So got off the phone, got the email. Only then did I find out that she was an executive vice president. <laughs> so I was like, oh, wow, I was kind of dancing around a minefield a bit, being that I was representing myself, Alpha, UTSA, so many stakeholders that I was representing in this one phone call, and I had no idea who I was even talking to. <laughs> it was probably better that way. <laughs> I, I think it was. I think it was. I ended up being in that role for a year, and it was it was wonderful to build out my professional network because kind of being the person at the forefront talking to the recruiter, talking to the hiring manager, talking to the person on the other end who's going to help you to arrange that office tour or that campus visit. It really helps to kind of get your name out and you learn to meet a lot of people. And so I was somewhat famous around UTSA for if you needed a contact of some employer, I had it. There you go. There you and, go. And so it was great being able to use that capacity to help students. Alpha has a saying that you have one arm stretched up in the air, reaching for your own for your goals, and another arm stretched down to the person below you to help pull them up to their goals. And that's something that's kind of always stuck with me. And I try to do that. And I think this is definitely something that students and professionals, both young and old, can definitely think about is a lot of times you'll see students and young professionals, once they get to where they're at, you know, they get their internship or they get their job offer they kind of stop. They push pause on being involved, helping others. I think Sarah and I were definitely two exceptions to that rule. We, we had our money in the bank, so to speak, but that only drove us to volunteer more, to help more, to become even more involved, knowing that, you know, we succeeded and other students can succeed too if they just get the help they need. So that's one thing I would definitely ask, you know, to those, to those listening if, you're where you, if you are where you want to be, think about somebody who's not there and what you can do to help them get there. And just there to, add up, to add to that, to what Brian just said, people usually come up to me because they know about the mentorship program. I had the opportunity to talk to a few students, some of the UTSA events like the CAP program, and they come up to me and, and they tell me, hey, you know, I'm not you. I'm not... You know, I can't really, I get so nervous, and people always tell me no. And I think people don't realize that I have applied to several internships, 
and I was declined several times. So, you know, persistence is something that you you must do if you want to be successful to get that job or that internship. You have to continue to try to better yourself and say, look, this is what I have to offer now. I applied to several internships, and recently I was talking to somebody, and it was at a network event. I didn't know who that person was, but he was from one of the companies I had applied to, and, you know, he was just going on and on, and he's like, oh, my God, you know, I wish you would have applied, and, you know, whenever you were a student, we would have definitely kept you, and, you know, and then I was like, what, what company are you with? And, you know, they told me the name of the company, and I was like, you know, I did apply, but you guys declined me, and, you know, it was like, <laughs> it was really funny. I was like, he was just laughing. He's like, oh, we must have, like, been off that day or something, and, you know, it was just kind of funny. So the aspect that I think back and I'm like, well, if I would have gotten that job, then I would not be a Deloitte, which is I love Deloitte. I love, I love their culture, what they stand for. I love my group and my manager. And, you know, sometimes things happen for a reason. Maybe you weren't ready at that time for that job, and it was a good thing that they declined you. But a lot of students think that me and Brian just showed up and they were like, oh, here's the job. Thank you for showing up. And it's not like that at all. And I know Brian has probably stories similar to mine, but it is hard work trying to get that internship. Yes. Yeah, it's like the picture of the duck, right? looks smooth on the top, but paddling like heck under the water. <laughs> Definitely. I guess, I guess even to add a little bit to their story, and Mark, you know this very well, because I actually went to you for advice after this. It was spring recruiting season, I believe, of 2014, and I had, I think, seven or eight interviews between on campus and in office. And of all of that, I got a single offer. And I ended up declining that offer because it, it just wasn't what I wanted. So yeah, both, like Sarah said, realize that rejection happens. We may not always know why, but it happens for a reason. And the one offer that I did get, I'm glad I, I did decline it because if I had accepted that, I never would have ended up here at PwC. So Stuff happens for a reason, and you need to not let it get you down. Just realize that, like Sarah said, it wasn't your time, or maybe you know sometimes it's just not a good fit. So I mean, I even I received an offer, but I just that specific firm going through the interview process, I I felt that it wouldn't be a good fit for me. That I I didn't really care for the culture of the firm. So just like how sometimes employers will decline moving you forward. It goes both ways. There could be an opportunity where, you know, the employer really wants you, but it doesn't fit what you're looking for. So if students are just keeping an open mind that it is a two-way road, and so don't get discouraged when things don't go your way. There you go. There you go. Well, thank you. Thank you both. I'm going to wrap it up with the final four questions. Whoever would like to go first is fine, or maybe Sarah. Maybe that would be the most polite thing to do. The first one's easy. The first one's easy. What has been your proudest moment? Of course, I have two proud moments, I think. They're continuous. They, they don't end. But one, and the professional aspect is when one of my mentees sends me a quick text or an email and says, hey, I accomplished this goal or I got this internship or I got into this seminar that I wanted to. And then they tell me, you know, now I'm a mentor as well. That is 
a really proud moment for me because I gave to that person and that person is giving back to somebody else. So I feel like, you know, that's how it should be. That's how we should continue to carry forward. Just, you know, I, I bring somebody in, I teach them how everything works and what the possibilities are, and that person not only accomplishes their goal, but they go out and they help somebody else. Uh, they, were, they were in their shoes not so long ago. So that's one of my proudest moments as a professional. I feel like that's very important to me. I love mentoring. I love giving back. So that's one. And then the second one is more like a family proud moment, I guess, is when my children come up to me and, and they say, Mommy, you work a lot. Mommy, you spend time with all these people and, you know, we barely see you. But then they come up to me and say, they have a presentation because sometimes I take them with me to presentations or, you know, I, I let them sit and listen when I'm mentoring somebody. And they'll say, Mom, remember when you took me and you were talking to this girl and you said this? I did that today. It's a proud moment for me because I never realized I'm actually, like, I'm talking to somebody else. It wasn't really specifically directed to my children, but they pick up on those things and I feel like, at that point, I am building something, not, not only with, with the students at Alamo College or my mentees, but also with my children, and they can see why mommy gets home late sometimes or why it's important for mommy to have that meeting. And when I take them or I take them to presentations, they say, you know, I did the same thing you did, and it works. Mommy, it works. And so, you know, that is very proud, a proud moment for me because I feel like everything that I'm doing it's not bearing any fruit. It's actually benefiting a lot of people. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's nice to see the, the fruits of your labor, so to speak, in that area. What about you, Brian? kind of wish I went first. Uh, me and Sarah, I think, probably have a similar answer, but it's just it's that student, that classmate, that colleague, that coworker, that person that you helped out and seeing them six months, a year, two years down the road, and they're like, hey, thank you so much for all the help. It allowed me to do this, and now I'm doing this. So just knowing you kind of had an, an impact on somebody's life. When Sarah was talking, a kind of a, a quote that came to mind, something I saw on LinkedIn about a year or two ago, and it stuck with me. A true leader can help someone to become a leader who can help someone to become a leader. So kind of the thought that, that leadership is like a three-tier thing. If you're able to help someone in such a way and in such a profound way that that person is able to go on and help somebody else. And I think that's something me and Sarah both strive to do is, is to be that beneficial to somebody and allow the, give them the tools and the knowledge to go out and help other people and kind of just keep the chain going and going. That's a great point. That's a great point. I paused there because I was writing it down as fast as I could. <laughs> well. Tell us about a mistake you made and what you learned from it. And, you know, the more colossal, the better. But I'll leave that up to you. Oh. And Brian, since you wanted to go first last time, <laughs> I'll give you that opportunity. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Probably the – I wouldn't necessarily call it a mistake, but okay. a regret. Something I kind of – I regret to this day. It's kind of the road not traveled, if you will. I mean – Everything worked out wonderfully, 
I wouldn't ask for it to change, but there's, there's, there's still always that what if. And what it was is during my last semester at community college at Northwest Vista, I was actually accepted into one of the AICPA leadership seminars they have specifically for community college students. And so that was the summer between when I transferred to, from Vista to UTSA. They flew us out to Denver for a week. I got to meet with a number of accounting professionals from big four industry, state CPA societies. It was, it was a wonderful experience. But at the conclusion of that workshop, it was a week-long workshop, I actually received an internship offer from Deloitte. And unfortunately, I turned it down. <laughs> and, the only, and the only reason I did is just kind of going back to the, the mentorship program, it's, it's the unknown. My thought was, okay, right now, at the time I was working at HB, I had a full-time job. I had recently gotten married. Me and my wife, you know, we had an apartment together. My biggest worry was I was going to go do this internship and then come back, and I wasn't going to be able to find a job. Because, of course, you know, it was a few years after the recession, so things weren't sure. wonderful. Obviously, I was quite a ways away from finishing school, so... Having the knowledge I have now, I definitely would have taken it just for the, the experience and the knowledge and everything I would have gained. But I think that's probably my biggest regret. The thing I, I think about from time to time is what if I had accepted it and how would things have turned out differently? Okay. Well, you know, you never know. I understand the feeling because had you done that, then scheduling this phone call may have been a little easier because then y'all would have both been a Deloitte. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> so what are, what are your thoughts, Sarah? Anything come to mind? Yes. Actually, I think my biggest mistake, and I hope the people that are listening, especially you're a student and you're going through the job hunting process or internship process, don't do what I did. But I didn't know I was making this mistake until somebody brought it up to me. I'm a non-traditional student. So while I was at UTSA, I felt like I had to hide my true age as well as the fact that I was married and that I had kids. I just, for some reason, I would see all these students that just came from high school and they were energetic and getting all the internships that I was applying to and I was not getting. So I, I, I figured, okay, it must be my age. It must be the fact that I have children. So I, I constantly hit that from the employers. I will never tell them I had children or that I was married. I will take my wedding ring off when I had an interview. I make sure I looked as young as possible <laughs> to make sure that I felt like I was as competitive as everybody else. Until, and I, I believe it was during my Deloitte internship, the partner was interviewing me and he said, why should I give you an opportunity and not somebody else that might have a 4.0 average? And me, without thinking, like I truly thought I did not, uh, that I had done so bad during the internship, I thought I wasn't going to get the internship. So I was like, you know what, let me just say something. Because I was to the point where, you know, I was like expecting another rejection. So I said, because those other students do not have five children and a husband and a full load at school. And the partner kind of like sat up and he said, you have five children and you still have this high GPA? And I said, you know, it's not easy. I have five kids. 
I take a full load of school. I'm involved in all these organizations. So, no, I'm not going to have a 4.0 because I have to be at places and I'm responsible for people. So my study time is very limited. So whatever study time I do have, I have to take full advantage of. And study the truth, he said, you know, that's a very honest answer. I'm glad you told me this. And then we kind of concluded the interview. And, you know, I was driving home. Like, this is five minutes later. And I'm like, okay, I completely blew that interview. But I was like, you know, one more rejection. I don't care. And the partner himself called me. I was driving, and I had to pull over. I was like, hello. <laughs> and he called me. He said, I want you to come and work for us because of your age, because you have five children, because I feel like you have the management and the organizational skills that we need. So I felt at that point that it was a mistake, and it took me actually all throughout my internship for somebody else to remind me of it because once I started my internship, I did the same thing. I hit the fact that I wasn't as old as I'm actually am, <laughs> and also that I have five children. So I went through my internship, you know, working the same hours as everybody else, working, making sure my children were taken care of and not telling anybody I was married, not telling anybody I had kids. And my senior at my last engagement was asking me all these questions, and all of a sudden I said, you know, this is my last day of my internship, and I already got my offer. I think I'm going to tell you. And she's like, tell me what? And I said, you know, I'm actually married. I have five kids, and I'm not, you know, they knew I wasn't right out of high school, but they didn't know how old I really was. So, and she was like, why would you ever hide that? Like, that is not a disadvantage. That actually puts you on the top of my list. And that manager happened to get promoted, and that manager happens to be my manager now, who is a wonderful manager, and she is so considerate of my time and when I need to be home to be with my children. She was like, never, ever, ever hide that again from employers because we can never make sure that you're the right fit for us if you're not completely honest with us. And I think that was my biggest mistake, not letting employers and even like the school know, hey, I have other commitments and I have, you know, I'm not, not a traditional school student, so I need other tools to be effective and to excel. And I think if I would have, from the beginning, told everybody that, I would have had an easier time getting into shifts and actually getting job offers. But that is my biggest mistake, I feel like, during this whole time. You know, there's, there's a great lesson in there about being true to ourselves, and then everything's going to work out the way it's supposed to. So thank, thank you for sharing that. Thank you. I think a lot of people will be able to relate to that. Third question, who's had the biggest influence, or excuse me, who had the biggest influence on both of you deciding to pursue accounting? I'll go first. I'll take that. Sarah, I can't remember if you had her or not. I don't think you did, but by and far, because kind of like, you know, most students in community college, kind of high school, I had no idea what accounting was. To me, accounting was, you're the tax guy. That's it. That's all I knew. And so my first accounting class, I, I purely took on chance. I was originally an engineering major and was, you know, kind of going down that path before a friend told me to try accounting. You know, you like numbers. I think you'll enjoy it. I figured, oh, okay, well, 
again, not knowing what accounting was, I figured, okay, well, I'm going to learn how to do my own taxes. Cool. I'll, I'll try that. So that ended up, now the class wasn't about doing your own taxes, but <laughs> the professor I had was a Sally first. She was a CPA. And interestingly enough, she had previously worked at Price Waterhouse before they merged with Coopers and the brand to form PWC. And basically, I showed up to her class. It was an 8 a.m. class, Mondays and Wednesdays, so bright and early. And essentially, I just fell in love with it. And she saw that right away. It's like, you know, you come to class. It's 8 a.m. Most people are tired. You know, you're one of the tired ones because I know you work. But you show up. You're interested. You're engaged. You do well on the exams. You seem to enjoy this. Have you thought about accounting as a career? And I said, well, no, not, not really. You know, as far as, you know, I had no real exposure to accounting before this class. She said, no, you, you really need to at least take intermediate one, try this, see what you think. And she was actually that very first AICPA seminar. She was actually the one that told me about it and wrote my letter of recommendation to participate in that program. Wow. So I'm, I'm forever you? grateful to her to kind of get me started on this path. And uh, unfortunately, she actually retired from Northwest Vista, I want to say last year, but it was, it was a very interesting situation. At one point, I think seven of the nine UTSA alpha officers had all gone through her account, principal's accounting one class. So she has a I legacy. Can, yes, yes. I can't, I can't even imagine the number of students that she's helped along the way and Hopefully, maybe, you know, who knows, maybe she'll stumble across this and she'll hear it. There you go. There you go. What about you, Sarah? Well, mine was a little bit different. So I was working at J.P. Morgan Chase, the branch in San Antonio, when I decided to go back to school for accounting. So I worked in the fraud department and help out with the claims. I will translate from English to Spanish and vice versa. and I would take phone calls, and I got to the point where I was doing a lot of supervisory duties, and I wasn't really a supervisor, so it allowed me to see different things, and I realized I really liked the accounting aspect of the claims for the forensic part of it, and I actually ended up applying to, because I was helping out so much to that forensic team, I knew I didn't have the skills for it. I knew everything that I, I was doing was learned on the job, and I knew I didn't have an accounting degree. So when I went to the interview, the, the guy that was interviewing me was very impressed. He was like, wow, you do all the footwork for the claims. You, you actually understand how everything goes together. You understand the journal entries. You understand where the fraud is coming from. You understand what's going on here. And he's like, so do you understand I cannot give you this job because you don't have an accounting degree. And I said, yes, I understand that, but maybe I can prove myself and work for it. And he said, I cannot give you that job because it is against the law for me to give you this job. You do have to have a CPA certification to work in this team. So he told me, he sat me down, and he saw how heartbroken I was because I really wanted this job. It, It was a lot of fun. I really loved it. And he said, you know, the best advice I'm going to give you is for you to quit this job. Quit this job because if you're going to be in tears because you got declined for an accounting position, then you really need to quit this job, go back to school, get your accounting 
degree, your CPA license, and come back and see me. So I took his advice. I quit my job. I went to the Alamo Colleges, and I registered, took my classes, transferred to UTSA, and then it took me not back to J.P. Morgan Chase, but to Deloitte, and, you know, I think it was the best decision I ever made. I really, to tell you the truth, don't remember the name of the person, but I do remember the, the words that he told me. You know, if it hurts you that much to be the client for this position, it's because you love it that much. So it kind of motivated me to go back to school and actually finish my degree and pursue the things that I wanted to work in. Wow. That's interesting. Brian was more lured into or recruited into the profession and and you sort of had the, the harsh reality of the workplace that made you aware of it. That's very interesting. Very interesting. Well, last question. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received that you'd like to share? I guess I'll go first since Brian was first last time. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, my dad, when I was little, since I was little, he used to say to have this, well, it's a Spanish saying, but it's also, it's, it's in, I've heard it in English as well, but like, I think he goes, let me know who you hang out with and I'll let you know who you are. Go some, somewhere along the lines of that. Uh, I don't know exactly how it goes in English. But basically, my dad used to tell me, you need to surround yourself with motivated people. If I see you with motivated people, with hardworking people, not only you're going to want to be motivated and hardworking, but people will have the perception that you are hardworking and motivated. So my dad is a really good, very smart businessman. and I always take everything he says to heart. And that has always been my guy. You know, if I want to be good at something, if I want to get to this position or I want that internship, then I'm going to surround myself with the people that got the job over me because they have something that I don't have. And I can always learn to see what it is that they have that I need to get so I can get to that next level. So to me, that is a very important piece of advice to surround myself with people that are motivating because it will motivate me to do better things, greater things. Right now, my team, I have to say, they are they are amazing. They are very motivated, very knowledgeable. And they, they all have their CPAs. And they are constantly on me, like, did you study last night? When is your exam day? And, you know, I appreciate that because, they know what it takes to accomplish a goal, and I feel like if they did what they were supposed to do, they're just going to motivate me to get to their level. And once I get to that level, they're going to motivate me to get to the next level. And that's how you become better. And I think that is the best piece of advice I've done because that's how I've lived so far. When I was at UTSA, I was always trying to befriend or surround myself with the people that had a lot of ambition, a lot of goals, they knew what they wanted because I didn't know what I really wanted. I knew I wanted to go to accounting, but I didn't know how to get there. So if I saw Brian and Brian seemed like he was pretty knowledgeable, you know, I wanted to hang out with Brian. I wanted to work with Brian. Or if I knew just anybody else at UTSA that just seemed like they knew what the next step was, I will try to surround myself with those people. Wow. Brian? So me. I got this advice from the same senior 
I mentioned earlier for PwC during my internship, originally it applied primarily to work, but you can really apply to just about anything. And it's once you touch it, it's yours. And essentially, if you're working on a project at work or something for school, you join up on the board of an organization, you volunteer for a project, if you, if you do something to get yourself involved with something, that is now your responsibility. Regardless of what condition you received it in, other people helping you, not helping you, once you've kind of jumped into the mix, it's now your responsibility to do the best job that you possibly can. But it originally applied a lot to work, so students can definitely take it hard doing your internship. If you're doing some work and last year it was done wrong and they tell you, oh, we'll just do last year, don't just do last year. If you see something is wrong, bring it to somebody's attention because you have to treat it now as, well, you're not copying the other person's work from last year. You're turning in what is now your work. And this can apply, like I said, to any number of things. Students getting involved in, you know, organizations both on and off campus. Once you become, if you enter into a leadership role, well, guess what? That organization, you're now responsible to them to do well in that role, help out the organization, help out the members, any and all stakeholders. Once you get your hands on something, you now are responsible to make sure that you see it through to the end to the best of your ability. That's beautiful. You are who you hang around with. To surround yourself with motivated people and take responsibility. <laughs> summarizing, summarizing both of them. That's wonderful. Thank you both. Thank you both. Well, I think that wraps yeah. it up. If you don't mind, I anticipate that when people listen to this, we may have some people contact us about the mentor program in particular, but it could be about internships or, or other items as well. If you don't mind, I'm going to make your, make your email available to anybody that contacts us. Is that okay? Yes, that's fine. Yeah, sure. By all means, email, LinkedIn, whatever is easiest for me to get in contact. Email or LinkedIn. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay, guys. Well, I really appreciate you sharing your time with us. I think that wraps it up. And I hope to see you both at, at some CPA event sometime soon. Okay? Yes, thank you. Thank you, Mark. Sounds great. Thank you very much, Mark. All right. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining us for my interview with both Sarah Vargas and Brian Morgan, Jr. If you have any interest in getting more information on the mentor program that they created for community college students in the San Antonio area and that their successors have since continued with the San Antonio CPA Society, please email us at whereaccountsgo.com and we'd be happy to put you in touch with them. Or if you're an intern or just getting started in that process and you found some of their advice beneficial, please feel free to email us as well through the whereaccountsgo.com website. We'd be happy to put you in touch with them for that purpose also. Until next time, if you haven't subscribed yet, please visit the website, hit the subscribe button so you can join the community. We look forward to providing another episode to you very shortly. There's more to come.